Welcome to the Gen Z Stoic Podcast, episode 21. I'm your co-host, Mateo. I'm your co-host, Ren. Today's episode, in honor of the 4th of July here in America, we are going to do an episode based around Stoicism and patriotism, as well as Stoicism more in the community and sort of celebrating the pride of one's country and acknowledging, you know, the history and the tragedies and the successes that go into building a country or a community or a society and whatnot. Yeah, there's, um, it's an idea we've had in the past and there's no better time than such an enormous holiday. We celebrate, you know, America, we celebrate our military, we we celebrate all the sacrifices we made as a country. And I think that it's important to recognize those, but the Stoics had kind of a nuanced belief towards patriotism. And I think it's going to be important today to both compare and contrast because Stoics, we were having this conversation um, right before we began this episode. Stoics weren't patriots in the um, in today's sense of the word. You know, they weren't always promoting their country and celebrating through like holidays and celebrations. They were patriots in a different way in terms of, you know, I used the example when Rome was at war, they had their standards, they had their, you know, banners for their battalions and if it was a thousand man battalion you would have to kill every single man in that battalion before you were able to get the standard which is what a lot of opposing armies tried to do and that's a certain sense of patriotism that i think is historic it's not the current sense of patriotism in today's world especially in america where a lot of citizens sit at home and aren't on the battlefield and then want to claim that sense of real patriotism so i think that um, while today's sense of the word patriotism is correct, Stoics didn't necessarily align with that, and that's why their view is nuanced, because their view on patriotism is obviously rooted back during the Roman Empire, which is going to have a hugely right. different perspective than what we have now. When we know that, uh, like for example, Marcus Aurelius was the leader of the Roman Empire, and the, the amount of pride that you have to have for your, whether it's an empire or a country or even just who you stand for it's very important that you feel strongly that way in order to become a very good and respected leader uh however today you know as we sort of evolved society sort of changed it's very easy to be focused on yourself and yourself only and call yourself a patriot and i think that's where kind of the the line is drawn between what a typical stoic would consider to be patriotic and what we consider to be patriotic is everything that was considered to be to to fall in that label of patriotism uh, by a stoic would be you're loving um, your city just as much as you're loving the entire world it's not it's not just one thing is right and i was reading this article from the daily stoic that was talking about how typically today if you think if you put yourself first and you're only thinking about your own interests the world becomes zero sum which is essentially this idea that anything that one side gains the other side loses so it's like win all take all or if you lose you lose everything and that's kind of the flaw in patriotism that you see today is it's zero-sum in the sense that one side has to have everything and the other side is going to lose everything when you gain it and so i just think it's interesting because when, when you look at like the history of stoicism and how these empires grew and who was leading them and whatnot it, it was very interesting to see like the romans for example they weren't perfect like we know that as Stoicism sort of congregated over into Rome from Greece, right? It was more about, you know, they didn't necessarily practice everything they preached because the Roman Empire clearly caused a lot of, you know, casualties and fought a lot of wars and conquered 
right? But it's still the idea. And like Seneca, for example, was born in a society that was completely built by slavery, but still he was able to be, um, you know, perspicacious enough to realize and tell people like, even though our society was born and built on slavery, you still have to see slaves as equals, right? Oh, and it's good that you brought up Seneca because Seneca is one of kind of the leaders, I think, in the Stoic argument um, against sort of this nationalism and this um, my nation first. One of the ideas that he kind of ran with that originated from the Greek cynics was the idea of being a cosmopolitan or really what a cosmopolitan is. is just a global citizen, right? Um, you see the world as your equal, right? You see the whole picture of humanity and realize that everybody deserves respect and value no matter where they're born, where they're living, what community they dwell in. And so he argued that to be a global citizen, right, you have to balance two communities that dwell inside of you, which is your local community, the community that you're born in, and the community of humanity, the community of human aspiration, and the community of just a common human goal for virtue, for just the goodness of the world. Um, He said that it is truly great in which we look neither to this corner nor to that, but measure the boundaries of our nation by the sun. And it's just a quote that furthers his argument saying that we do not need to be bound by borders. We do not need to be bound by these kind of figments of our imagination of, you know, this hard line is in place between my country and this country or, you know, me or some other member of the world. There isn't that hard line because ultimately the sun rises and falls in every single nation in the world. Like we're all bound by the common set of we live on earth and we are all Mm -hmm. members of this world. And so if we bind ourselves by that argument, then we care about everybody instead of just having that narrow viewpoint that I only care about the people who I share a community with. Well, and I'm glad you brought that point up because there's a quote from Epictetus that sort of says that exactly word for word. And he says that, you know, though we're citizens of our own land, we are, quote, also a member of the great city of gods and men. And, you know, that's sort of just reiterating the idea that, yes, like we can live in a certain country. We might be on one side of the border or one side of the other. But at at the end of the day, and this is, again, another common stoic practice, is that we are all one in nature as well. And that we are all, I guess, one like unanimous being of like humans, right? So we're all on the same level of equality and we we should all be loving each other the same and seeing everything as equal. And I think it's especially easy today. I mean, even our own country arguably is divided and we're under the same, I guess, territory, right? But especially the world, I mean, any other foreign country is seen as an opposition if it's not an ally or even just a neutral um we have like a neutral relationship with them. So it's, again, the Stoics would be quite disappointed in my opinion that, you know, we're so opposed to each other just because we live in different countries because it's the common practice that even though we are separated, maybe physically or like geographically separated, we are all members of the same, again, quote, great city of gods and men. It doesn't mean anything just because we have different practices or different beliefs. Ultimately, we are all the same and all equal. Well, and when you think about it, there's i'm very hard pressed to believe that there's a certain entity that decided where you were born right Mm -hmm. there's a certain element of kind of just like luck and fate that's decided where you're born and yet you decide to you know align yourself with that country which that's obviously good but then say you know oh this country is better than all others Mm -hmm. when it really was just kind of an accident of nature that you were born um where you were at and diogenes who was a greek cynic who was kind of one of the first people who pushed this cosmopolitan global citizen kind of thinking, said that the accident of where one is born is just that, an accident. When any human 
where any human being may be born in any place. And this is a beautiful way to think about that. If you think, you know, if you put yourself in another person's shoes, right? If you show empathy and you say, you know, it was just an accident where I was born. It was an accident where he or she was born. And so if we swap places, right, it, it could have just been as easily been that way. And that's a lot easier way to view things to gain respect for somebody who you may not think about before, right? We think about these impoverished countries in Africa and in the Middle East. And in reality, we have very little sympathy for them. Um, you know, we can all say that we feel bad, but we don't really do anything or take any big strides to help those people. But if we viewed ourselves as saying, you know, I'm very lucky that I was born into, you know, a country that has a wealth of supplies, that has, you know, a large majority of the people have their basic needs met. But I could have just as easily been born in a situation like that where I was in poverty, where I don't have food to eat, I don't have clean water. It makes it a lot easier to sympathize. And I think it makes the world a lot better place because we can put ourselves in each other's shoes and we therefore have more empathy and when we come to the table to negotiate or talk about politics talk about trade deals and talk about humanitarian aid it becomes a lot easier right because that's my neighbor because we share the same planet we share the same community when that community is basic humanity well also with you know with issues that are especially on like a global level like that you know especially you said the impoverished countries and third world countries that we consider to be less I guess even they're just less fortunate, you know, we have to be grateful for what we have. But I think also in order like for a solution to be found, it's it's going to start on a very small scale because a lot of the times I feel like why we see no progress is because we sort of jump to a large scale solution at first instead of trying to start small and then slowly expand. Because if you look at, I'll use the example of essentially how stoicism itself expanded. It wasn't this giant like global movement that was attempted to like make a huge difference in other parts of the world. The way that Stoicism was created, so around 300 BC when Zeno founded the first school of Stoicism, he taught it to at most, I think it was like a few dozen students at most is what it would be. And essentially what he, where he taught was this place called a Stoa, which is, I believe, Latin for porch. And this, it, this like little porch, this back porch essentially became like this central location for these students to sort of congregate and discuss ideas, like stoic ideas, and just have discussion around philosophy. But then eventually all these students went off and started to teach others. And so you sort of have this domino effect where, you know, you start small and then it eventually creates this huge cascade of stoicism being spread around the world. And eventually now, I mean, it's come from all the way from Greece and Rome all the way here to America still, and it's still very prominent, and it's sort of starting to make a comeback, it feels like, right? So I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that it do, it starts small in the communities, and I feel like that's why Stoics valued the people around them so much, because that's where you're really going to make the difference. There was a book that we read a few years ago in school, I don't know if you remember, but it was in Lang called The Tipping Point, and essentially... Um, is by Malcolm Gladwell and it was it sort of touched on how trends start and how like domino effects start and it starts by one event like one small event and it can seem like super insignificant but then this one event can lead to like again like a domino effect in the small community and then it'll spread and spread and spread um but so that idea just starting small in order to find solutions on a bigger scale I feel like is where we need to be focused on especially as a very fortunate country, you know, we have a lot of wealth, a lot of power comparatively to the rest of the world. And it's very easy because we are fortunate to sort of like 
put push the other issues aside that are going on in the world and be like oh well we're fine i can't really do anything about it it's kind of their issue but i think if you look at it from a stoic perspective stoics would always be willing to try and find a solution to something or help in any way possible to make the world a better place yeah and if we tie it back to the kind of patriotism and you know celebration of fourth of july those things are great like and i think stoics would have no problem with us celebrating our nation even if it was a holiday where you know the day stops and we take a moment to celebrate it's a source of great joy and it's a source it's kind of a source of relaxation it's time to take a break you reflect on how great our country is but i think where we've gone awry is like you said we push the other issues aside right we push the flaws of our country aside and say you know oh well, our country's so great instead of recognizing that it's great in these aspects, but we can't recognize where it's struggling, right? Um, our country's great, and that means that we're better than X, Y, and Z country. Those are the kind of things that we see from some people when it comes to patriotism. You know, we see America is the best country. It shouldn't be a measure of which country is the best country, right? We should be contributing to the, so that we have the best situation possible for the entire world. So we have the best situation possible for humanity. It's not a country versus country issue, right? Um, you always say that, you know, it's not... Um, you versus me it's us versus the issue mm-hmm. the same thing applies to when you're nation building when you're looking at countries when you're looking at the global sphere and so that's where in today's sense of patriotism we kind of run amok is mm-hmm. the fact that we are saying you know america's great and therefore we're the best country you know screw all these other countries and we've even had what is called america first foreign policy which a large um, portion of our nation subscribes to and there really is no such thing as America first. If America is first, then the rest of the world suffers. We see that um, ultimately when America puts its interests first and it doesn't execute correctly, we see what happens. We see tragedies um, across the world. We see you know other countries hurt by our actions. And that's the result of us putting ourselves first and not looking at what's best for everybody. And I think that's, again, where patriotism has kind of gone awry in today's society. And so I think that's why it's important to talk about. The Stoics aren't saying, you know, 4th of July is bad, celebrating our military is bad, you know, having this national sense of pride is bad. What the Stoics would argue and the Stoic perspective says is that when your pride for your country kind of clouds your view of what's best for humanity and best for the world, that's when patriotism is no longer a good thing. Well, because you're exactly right. As soon as you start focusing more on your, I guess, territory, I guess, or country, society and then you sort of start to label it as being quote better we also are going to have very different definitions of better depending on where you're from or where you live or what your culture is going to look like and so like you were saying we sort of like i said you said subscribe to like this america first thing right and if we're putting america first all the time and just leaving everyone else in the dust that goes completely against the philosophical idea of we are all in the same we're all in the same boat essentially we're all we're all men and we're all in the same great city of gods and men and quoting epictetus again and i think it's very important that you say that now because there are a lot of you know terrible things going on in other countries that we could i feel like america itself could help with or contribute to the solution to but we sort of adopted this idea again being zero sum that it's really all or nothing that if we lose something, then we lose everything. Or if we take one small loss, we've lost everything. And Abraham Lincoln was what was considered to be a non-zero-sum uh, point of view because he believed, like, yes, slavery was terrible, but he didn't believe that it had to be the North defeating the South. It was more coming to 
you know, both sides contributed to the issue and how it wasn't one side versus the other side. It was two sides against the problem, right? So it's that idea that it's all about a shift in perspective and Stoics talk about that a lot. A lot of the problems that we have aren't actually there, but caused more by our imagination and being on one side of an issue. And then if you just simply change your perspective or how you look at an issue, I mean, you can see completely new solutions. Right. And one thing that I subscribe to and this kind of idea of a global citizen is the fact that it's kind of intrinsic, like it's already there built inside of us. Humans are social creatures, right? Like we write, we like to interact with other humans. We like to get out and socialize. Yet when it comes to people who, you know, we don't share a country with or people who are unfamiliar to us, you know, they have a different culture. We have built up in our minds as we've grown up that that's weird and that we don't want to associate with that. And that's a reason to not socialize with somebody. But if instead we adopted this idea of the global citizen and that because every person is the same member of Earth and is on the same standing that I am, they deserve respect and value and they deserve that chance, that kind of goes away. And we return back to that intrinsic value of being a social creature and wanting to socialize, wanting what's best for you and me, not just for myself. And I think that that's why I would argue that being a global citizen is intrinsic. And I think when you listen to these kind of stoic ideas and these ideas of, you know, everybody respects everybody deserves respect and value it makes a lot more sense than what's peddled by some people in terms of america first you know Mm -hmm. this country is our enemy um people from this country you know aren't allowed here like people from this country are just you know naturally our enemy it doesn't it doesn't make sense and i think that but because we've kind of had that built up in our system a lot of people have our sense of patriotism is you know we're going to protect America and everybody else, you know, doesn't deserve that respect and value. That's not intrinsically human. That's a very inhumane perspective on the world. And I think instead, if we return to this view of being a cosmopolitan, being a global citizen, it's intrinsic. And I think everybody benefits from that. And that's why it's important to acknowledge. And it's important to acknowledge on such an important holiday because Fourth of July for some people is one of the greatest examples of people putting down other countries and abusing patriotism. And when you abuse patriotism, it's sad because patriotism is supposed to be a beautiful thing. The Stoics agreed that patriotism and a sense of pride, whether it's just your local community, whether it's your family, or whether it's your entire nation, it's a great source of comfort. It's a great source of relaxation, and it ultimately brings a sense of joyfulness, right? Everybody wants to enjoy where they live, and when they're celebrating that, when they're celebrating their home, it makes them feel good. Right. Nobody wants to you know, say, oh, my country sucks, like right. where I live is terrible. It's a horrible mindset to have, and so it's important to celebrate your country, but do it properly, and that's what we're articulating right. here today. And it's exactly right. Like, there's absolutely no problem with celebrating, you know, your culture, where you come from, like your history, but then it becomes a problem as soon as you start putting others down for your gain. And I think, like you were talking about, when we see people with maybe just different customs, different cultures, religions, traditions, whatever it is, we sort of we've back to our episode on labels. You know, we've sort of labeled certain practices or ideologies is different or weird or wrong or strange right but it's if you look at it from a completely unbiased point of view and just from more of a hu- um a humanistic point of view you know as as people as humans just simply as we are one in nature then you'll sort of start to see the beauty in the different ways that people live and the ways that they go about their lives and the things that they practice and that it's unfortunate because now that we've we've even labeled countries as first world countries and third world countries, right? And I think there are certainly differences between the two for sure. But I think when you label a country as third world and you have that label on it now, people sort of see it as, oh, it's just kind of left behind. 
you know they'll never be as good as we are but in reality i mean there are so many interesting things about those countries that make them who they are and we sort of defined what makes a country worthy or not now again right like power and money and having a strong military um you know those things are certainly important in the way in how the world works today that certainly contributes to what's important but i think if you look at it from a stoic point of view and in a just more of a holistic approach i mean those things don't actually define it's all a social construct it if you really dumb it down to the to the core of what it is it's a social construct designed to keep things in order to have order to have just a well-run society that has levels of i guess organization and just to make sure things run smoothly and ensure that but ultimately when it comes down to the nature part and the, what stoics would look at it really doesn't make a difference it doesn't define a country or a person's value and that's why i completely agree with you when you say when we're celebrating our country and our you know our freedom and how far we've come that's amazing there's absolutely nothing wrong with that you know i'm sure in in rome that you know they celebrated rome right you know but you would never celebrate your country at the expense of another mm-hmm. right that's where it becomes that sort of issue that we're talking about and what stoics would argue against right and I think it's important you mention that like we don't really truly understand other people's cultures. We label them. And we talk about in our labels episode when you label something you don't fully understand it and you don't give yourself that opportunity to maybe think about why it's a good thing or it's something cool or there's a redeeming aspect of it. Aurelius says that you should accustom yourself not to be inattentive to what another person says and as far as possible enter into that person's mind. And he concluded that generally we must first learn many things about someone before we can judge their actions with any really truly complete understanding. And that goes towards other cultures, right? We may think a culture is strange or it does things or it's you know anti-American and it's anti-you, it targets you. Um, even go so far as to say that you know that that culture is like evil or it's wrong. But if you label it as that, you don't give yourself that understanding. You don't give yourself a chance to you know talk to somebody from that culture or understand an aspect of that culture or really judge it with any understanding and that's uh it's simply a wrong perspective to have and i think that you know patriotism may not be something that's you know common sense like a major influence towards that but it certainly is right if you're saying you know america is the best country and you know other countries should model themselves off of america then any country that has things that are you know severely contrasted to what the american ideal is you're going to say oh that's wrong right or you know it's strange and it doesn't align with what i see back at home so therefore i'm not going to associate with that i'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt and that's where i think another wrong of patriotism is is that patriotism does not mean the world should model themselves after my country or my ideal that's not what patriotism means patriotism again is acknowledging that things are great here but they could also be great other places and look differently. Mm-hmm. What's great for you is not what's great for somebody who lives in the Middle East, somebody who lives in China, somebody who lives right. in Sweden. It's not the same. And so when you apply patriotism to mean, you know, we need to instill this kind of sense, this ideals, these cult- cultures and customs in other parts of the world, it's not okay. And it's not really truly patriotism, but it has morphed into that in some areas of the country. And it's a scary thing and one that I think is again important to acknowledge I think this is a really important episode it's it's really great a really great time to reflect on something that's a tenet of our country right Mm -hmm. America was founded based on patriotism based on people you know 
taking up arms and saying, you know, I'm willing to fight for this country, for this idea of freedom. Mm -hmm. So that's why patriotism is so important. Right. I'm somebody who considers themselves very patriotic. But it doesn't mean that I'm abusing patriotism. I'm using patriotism to put other countries down or say these countries need to change or disrespecting other cultures like some members of this country are. And so that's why I'm such a big believer in this episode is that as somebody who is patriotic, somebody who loves their country, to see it abused and patriotism taken in the wrong way, mm -hmm. it's it's something that's very dismaying, something that's very frustrating, and something that really truly needs to be addressed. Right. And I think it's important, again, to reiterate also, like we talked about many, many times, it's really all about the perspective that you take with your patriotism and your, your patriotic views, right? I'm certainly with you. I think, you know, I'm proud of to be, to, I guess, consider myself an American and to be from this country. I think... There are a lot of great things. And again, we fought for our freedom. That's what America was founded on, was this idea of we don't want to be controlled by somebody else. We want to be able to have be a free country. And I think that's a basic human right, even just dubbing it down to the very first, the very first pillar of just being a human is having human rights, right? And that's exactly what they wanted. They wanted to be able to live without being restricted or oppressed and whatnot. And that's, that's an amazing thing. But now it's sort of because we haven't had to do that we've sort of evolved into this now this very powerful country and we sort of kind of forgotten that hey this is what we're supposed to be and now we're not going to put other countries down simply because they haven't gotten as far as we have but as soon as you have a set uh, a set of beliefs and you sort of start to compare other countries to what you think is good or what should be good to those to that set of beliefs everything else is going to seem different i mean if you compare it's like comparing yourself to the best if you if for example i'll use the gym because that's probably the most prominent example that i can think of if i were comparing myself to the top bodybuilder in the world all the time and that is what i think only you can only be a good gym goer and bodybuilder if you look like that or if you're that strong and whatnot then nothing's going to seem good but there are little things that we sort of stop acknowledging as soon as we start labeling one thing is good and one thing is bad and especially like you said with patriotism in general we sort of started to abuse it simply because other countries aren't as quote good or as fortunate as we are but there was this example too when so when one of my friends took a mission trip out to africa to rwanda for a charity trip he was telling me about how um like the women would you know balance um, these huge like buckets and whatnot on their head and I just think that's amazing because to us that doesn't seem like anything that just seems like oh I can't believe they have to do that like that sucks but to them that is just a skill that you have to have and it's just this culture shock that really sets things into perspective and you can definitely acknowledge that you may be more fortunate than another country but that doesn't mean you put them down and forget about them and have that zero-sum ideology of, oh, well, we have to keep all of our power and all of our fortunate, the things that make us fortunate, and then put this other country down, because if we give them, then we're going to lose everything. Right, and I think you bring up, like, the important point of, like, our country being great and comparing ourselves and just that kind of world sense of comparison. I think it's interesting that Seneca writes that men love their country not because it is great, but because it is their own. If you take a look at Seneca's life, it was ups and downs, right? Life in Rome and the Roman Empire gave him wealth. It gave him a lot of fame. He was a distinguished member. But towards the end of his life, it brought him two stints of exile. He was asked to commit suicide as a punishment. He, you know, honestly, like, 
his life towards the end was unfortunate. And so he experienced both ends of the spectrum, right? He experienced immense wealth, fame, you know, he got to live the life that he wanted to. And there's a lot of debate around, you know, whether he practiced what he preached. But he also experienced great tragedies, right? And this, these writings, right, this comes from Letters of a Stoic, which was towards the end of his life, comes with that perspective, right, of experiencing both ends of the spectrum. And so what he's doing here when he says that is that he's not celebrating his country because, oh, it's the greatest country, you know, it's the greatest empire, it's the greatest place ever. He's celebrating it because it is his own. It's his home, and it's where he came from. And so I think an additional element of that is when you celebrate where you come from, you're also working to make it better, right? Mm -hmm. You're saying, you know, if you're saying you're not celebrating because your country's great, it's just your own. I think there's a sense of that where you're acknowledging that there is good aspects of it, but that there's also bad, right? Mm -hmm. It's not this great, tremendous thing across the board. And so what you're doing is you're saying, I'm going to celebrate because this is my country, this is my home, and why wouldn't you have national pride, right? right. But there's still strides to be made. There is no such thing as a perfect nation, a perfect country, a perfect community. And so part of that celebration is acknowledging those pitfalls, those areas where we can improve on and working to improve them. So then that, you know, when next 4th of July rolls around, we can say, oh, we improved in that area. That's something mm -hmm. to celebrate in addition to what we're already celebrating. I think it's a great thing. And it's a great quote from Seneca, especially when you consider the perspective of this nation and how it treated him both good. And well, and when you say that we're celebrating our country, not because it's the greatest, but because it's our own, you're exactly right. Because then also tying back to another big stoic virtue, you learn to feel gratitude, a lot more gratitude, and you're a lot more gracious about the things that you do have and how fortunate you are. And when you are looking at things from a gracious perspective, you don't compare yourself to anybody else at all because you're simply just feeling happy and you're feeling grateful for the things that you do have. Never once when I've been in a grateful mindset have I ever said, oh, I'm so grateful for this. I would like all these other people are suck because they don't have what I have, right? Like that's simply just not how it works. You adopt this mindset of being, you know, I have no enemies. I'm I'm at peace with everything. I'm very grateful for what I have. I'm proud to be where I'm from. And you just live a much happier, more fulfilled life knowing that the things that you have are enough. And as soon as you start saying, you know, these other countries aren't as good because they don't have this or they're just less fortunate. I mean, comparatively, yes, maybe so. But I know plenty of people you know, in, who live in other countries that aren't necessarily as powerful as America that are very happy with the lives that they live. And simply because they're different doesn't define if they're better or worse. And I don't think there really is an objective way to look at that. It's very subjective based off of, you know, your views and whatnot. I think everybody's life is just going to look different, but that doesn't mean that it's less worth living. And so this idea now that we sort of touched on over and over again with patriotism is... Again, there's nothing wrong with celebrating your country, but it's better to celebrate it from the perspective of you're celebrating it simply because it's where you're from, not because it's the best. Right. And I think, you know, we have to answer the question, you know, what's the solution, right? Every episode we give our discussion, right? We talk about what's currently wrong with it, but we also have to present a solution. And the so solution today is very nuanced, but it's also very simple. You know, the Stoics, they really ran with the idea of being a global citizen, but many of them stress that you can't lose your sense of patriotism. You can't lose your sense of kind of pride for your local community in your, what you're doing to strive to be a global citizen. So how are you patriotic while also maintaining your status as a global citizen, looking out for the greatest common good? Hierocles, who is a Greek Stoic who um, I've been proud to be reading recently, but is lesser known, 
he provided the solution of establishing what are concentric circles within your life, right? You have your circle that is yourself and your respect for yourself and everything that goes on within your own personal life. You have a circle for your family, celebrating your family life, recognizing your family members and you know, doing these family events, doing these family things. You have a circle for your local community. It could be your neighborhood, could be, you know, your church or whatever, your synagogue, um, whatever religious community you're growing up in, or it could be your town. It could it could be anything that you wanted to find local community as. And then you have a final you have one that's your country, and then you have a final one that's the world. And the world's the biggest one and the most important one. And what hierarchically says is that our task is to draw the circles somehow to the center. Relate all the circles to yourself. Build all the circles in the image of yourself, right? As Stoics, we preach that, yes, we want to progress and that we're never perfect, but we also want to have that sense of self-confidence, that sense of self-respect, and ultimately not compromise our beliefs for others. And so if we build each community, each circle, in that kind of same image where we have confidence, we have respect, you know, we give that circle value, then we become a global citizen. But what he's also arguing is that while we're bringing those those circles all into the center, all into the image of ourselves, celebrating them equally, we have to celebrate them. It's built, built into the analogy. We have to celebrate them. And so that's where your sense of patriotism comes in, right? You always you have to celebrate yourself. You have to celebrate your gains. You have to celebrate your progress. You want to celebrate your family. We talk about in our family episode, showing a proper amount of love, always showing your gratitude because you never know when you're going to lose your family. You also that also means you have to celebrate and show love towards your local community and towards your country, and towards the world, and so it's drawing them all into the center, while celebrating each one of them at each step. Celebrate yourself, celebrate your family, celebrate your community, celebrate your country, but don't forget to celebrate the world and bring the world close to yourself and represent the world in your self-image and give the world and its citizens, no matter what country they reside in, no matter how strange their culture seems to be, give them the same amount of respect that you give yourself. And that's what Heracles and a lot of Stoics argue, right? If you build yourself this image of these circles, right, these social circles, and then apply this strategy of making each circle equally celebrated, you're going to be able to maintain that sense of patriotism because you're going to be able to take a day out of your schedule, 4th of July, and celebrate all the great things about your country. But when 4th of July ends, while you can still have that sense of patriotism, you also better be as a global citizen celebrating humanity, celebrating yourself, celebrating your family, celebrating everything equally, giving everything the same amount of value and respect. That's how you uphold the Stoic values. That's how you find yourself to be a virtuous person when it applies to this topic of patriotism versus being a cosmopolitan. That's how you ultimately meet the Stoic goal. And it all originates from ancient Greek Stoic philosophers. And it's a great idea. And it's one why I would encourage you to read Hierocles because he comes up with this great idea as I've been reading. He's a very intelligent man. He has a lot of great ideas. And so if you're looking for a Stoic reader that isn't kind of mainstream, I would recommend him. And he provides the solution in today's episode. Well, and that's a great point also because you talk about the balance between all of the circles. And I think that's also a common Stoic practice is finding the balance between, you know, everything that you do. There's always should be balance. There always should be this equilibrium state. And you talked about the that was from uh, Heracles, and I'll sort of I'll keep it short and simple, but I'll the quote from Marcus Aurelius where he says you need to love the world as much as he reminded himself. It's not his quote, but it's about him. He said um, he constantly reminded himself, you know, and this is prominent in meditations, but that he needed to love the world just as equally and as much as he loved his native city. 
right? So again, touching on the idea of being a global citizen, you have to love the world just as much as you love your country. Because in the end, while it's very important to remain living harmoniously with nature, it's even more important to live harmoniously with each other because at the end of the day, we're all human and we're all here for the same purpose, even if we don't know what that is. Right, and so as we wrap up today's episode, I think we just want to conclude with, you know, happy 4th of July. We're going to be releasing this episode on 4th of July. Go out and celebrate um, your country if you're in America. I know a lot of our listeners are. We're certainly going to be celebrating our country. I know we regard ourselves as patriotic, and I think that's the idea of today's episode is just celebrate it correctly, right? We don't want to give the idea that celebrating your country is bad or being patriotic is bad. It's instead balancing that sense of patriotism with the sense of stoicism, right? Being a global citizen as well as being a patriot. And I think we've provided the solution to that, you know, go forward and, you know, go celebrate 4th of mm-hmm. July, right? Be patriotic, you know, get some fireworks, eat some hot dogs, some hamburgers, mm-hmm. go celebrate your country, relax for a little bit. But also when we come back from that holiday, become a global citizen, right? Mm-hmm. Use the analogy of the circles, right? Celebrate other people as you celebrate yourself, whether it's, you know, your family, your local community, your country, but also the world, right? Include the world in your celebration. Include the world in your sense of respect and your sense of value, you know, with the same level of compassion and kindness as you would treat your closest family member or you would treat even yourself, right? That's our task is to bring everybody together, become that global citizen, become that cosmopolitan. And so it's an important conversation to have, right? We're around July 4th. We're celebrating our country. But just gain that perspective. And I think that's what that ep- this episode is here to do is on such an important holiday, provides such an important perspective that while 4th of July is great, America is great, it's a great country to celebrate, we also have many areas to improve on. We also have many things to celebrate around about other cultures around the world. Mm-hmm. And simply celebrating 4th of July personally for us because it's our home. This is our country. This is where we are from and we're proud to be you know, from America. And we by no means will be putting other countries down in the celebration of our home country. Uh, we're simply doing as you know as Heracles was talking about is celebrating your country not because it is great but because it's your own and that's exactly what we're going to do the beauty of that and just applying stoic principles to those ideologies is that stoicism is beautiful because of how simple it is it's not a complex school of thought it's not a complex way of thinking it's very simple actually it's a very simple way of living a simple way of viewing things and a simple way of going about your life and impacting other people and making a change on a global scale by starting in a small community. And I just like to say thanks for listening. As always, um, it's always important to have these these discussions, and we appreciate everybody who takes the time to listen, listen fully, and hopefully we're you know providing that important perspective and you know changing your mindset. Providing one small change is good enough for us. And um, like you said, go have a great Fourth of July, but also you know maintain that perspective as you're celebrating. So. Thanks for listening. This has been the Gen Z Stoic Podcast, 4th of July special.